Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to finish my message from last week on the Word. We thank God for uh, His moving in, in our country and our nation right now. We may not see a lot of it, but there's a lot being done uh, uh, behind the scenes. If, if you watch any of or uh, listen to any of the prophetic words that are coming out for the country and the nation, uh, this is a year of of justice, and so um, the Lord is, uh, you know, he's already uh, found those that are, are uh, lying and, and not telling the truth. He's already found them guilty, and this is going to be a year of judgment for them. So uh, we will look forward to see, you know, what happens to remove some of these people that, that are uh, taking our country and our nation in the wrong direction. Not that we want anything to, to uh, you know, really hurt them or harm them, but we pray that the Lord will send laborers into their pathway that will share truth with them where they can find out that there is a God and that they are not God and they need a Savior. So, Father, we just thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in our country and our nation. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is, is moving even in the Christian realm, to uh, bring your people to where they need to be in the spirit so that uh, whatever it is that you have planned for them in these last days, it will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. We thank you for today, Lord, that we can come together and worship, praise you, hear the word of God. We thank you that we live in a country yet that that is uh, founded... uh, by the Bible, and we are walking still in freedom, and we thank you that we will continue to do so because of the angels that are fighting the spiritual battle and because uh, you have favor over us here because we are a Christian nation. And so we give you praise and honor and glory for what we're about to receive this morning, and uh, we thank you, Lord, for writing it on the tablet of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week when we shared briefly on the five W's and H questions uh, of the word and we briefly um, stated some other facts about the Bible and I know some of this is going to be repetition, some of this is going to be, uh, you're going to say, well, I already know this, but uh, knowing it and doing it is two different things and specifically for those that are hearing it um, for the first time, they will realize that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. We understand that God made a covenant with man to be our Savior and Lord, that his promises are absolutely true, that the word is our source of knowledge and understanding, which brings wisdom. The word teaches us how to renew our minds so we can walk in his power, authority, and dominion. The word testifies concerning Christ. So if you want to know about Jesus and and Christ and the whole reason and purpose that he came to earth, then we need to read the word, study the word, meditate on the word. Therefore, we know that Jesus is our perfect example to follow because as we read about what he did here on earth, we find that um, he made no mistakes. He made no errors. He followed the Father, uh, and he only did what the Father asked him to do. So as we continue today, the word makes us wise unto salvation. 
I want people to know and understand that if they want to be saved, if they want to enter into his kingdom, they have to understand about it. And the word will explain it to us. In 2 Timothy 3.15 it says, In that from a babe you have known the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of people that haven't heard about Jesus. They haven't heard about uh, salvation, but we are doing everything that we can to help others um, go out there and uh, evangelize those that have not heard. Uh, We have uh, another missionary. uh, Well, actually, he's a pastor of a church now that has been called to start churches uh, in the third world country. Uh, He set up a team uh, to go over there and begin to teach and preach like this other missionary that we just saw. He used to be an airplane pilot, so uh, he is able to fly himself. They do have a plane. They're hoping to get other planes. matter of fact, he has such a great vision that he is hoping to uh, have a whole fleet of planes whereby other Christian ministers can use them, you know, to go over or to go wherever the Lord is sending them to preach and teach the Word of God. And so um, uh, we're happy to be able to support him too as much as we can. The Bible also reveals salvation by grace through faith, and we read that in Ephesians 2 and 8. Now, what does this mean to us? We say this very, um, I would say sometimes flippantly, uh, we are saved by grace through faith. But do we really know and understand what that means? We know that grace is God's unmerited favor, which is given, uh, which is given to man so he can obtain salvation by faith or by believing instead of trying to work his way into the kingdom as, uh, by works as in the old covenant. But do we really understand that grace, the favor of God, is given to us before? Before we come into the kingdom. That means once we come into the kingdom, his grace is in the forerunner of of all that he does and all that we have to do to get prepared to be his disciple. In other words, we think, well, we have to do this and we have to do that and uh, we have to study the word. We have to meditate on the word. And yes, we talk about that we should do that because that's how we learn about who God is and uh, what our part in the covenant is. However, anything that we need to be delivered or healed of has to go through the grace first. In other words, his grace has been released to us to get delivered, to get healed, to get changed so that we have the right attitude we act in the right way we glorify God in our words we always have to go back to grace that favor that was given to us because God knows that in ourselves we cannot do these things we cannot change ourselves we know that before we got born again, uh, when you wanted to go on a diet, you'd go on a diet for a short period of time and you, uh, you'd end up going off of it or it wouldn't work 
or it'd work for a while and then you'd gain all the weight back and then you'd go on it again. So it was, we, we were like yo-yos, you know, going back and forth and back and forth because we had no power to uh, really take a control of it and make it work in our lives. And so this is where grace comes in at in the, in the spiritual realm is that he gives us this favor to help us to be able to do what we need to do to become like him. So it, it's, it's grace plus the word. I know the word is powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. But grace, that favor of God, that position that he places us in when we come into the kingdom is, is just as strong and just as important as the word. So this is the blessing of the new covenant that we are saved by grace through faith. Grace through faith. Not faith through grace, it's grace through faith. The Bible is the answer to regeneration or rebirth. As I said before, if you want to know how to get saved, just get into the Word, read the Word. Sometimes you don't even have to read where it says, uh, if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of sins. And I know that's not a a salvation scripture. But uh, anywhere in the Bible, any word in the Bible, God can use to bring understanding into your mind that you need to be born again. Um, I've heard so many testimonies of, of people that have that have said different things that uh, that have brought them into the kingdom. Um, I heard of this one testimony where this uh, little boy, he uh, at an early age came to know the Lord, and he was so on fire for God that everywhere he went, he would say, "Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you." And so um, one day this, uh, this man said he was getting into a, a cab and he says all of a sudden he heard somebody running behind here and this kid is saying, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. And, and, and he, 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 in his mind he thought, well, leave me alone, you know, just get out of my way type of thing because the, the child stopped to say it. And uh, he never thought anything about it until one day uh, something happened, and all of a sudden, up in his mind came these words, Jesus loves you. So he says, what does that really mean? What does it mean, Jesus loves me? So he got into the word, he began to read, and out of that, he got born again. Now, what a simple thing that God can use to get our attention. It may not happen immediately or right away, but you know what? It's going to happen because the word is powerful. In 1 Peter 1.23, having been regenerated not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the living and abiding word of God. This is what's so important about the word. It is living. It is not a dead word. It's a living word. It's alive. And it will create life. Therefore, God's word, then, is the incorruptible seed of life. So when we read the word, we are obtaining some kind of life. 
in whatever way the Lord reveals to us. A seed, as we said before, is like a container. The word of God, as the incorruptible seed, contains God's life. It is living and active in you as you receive him. He is in you. Remember, he is in you. He's not up in heaven. You don't have to look up to see him. He is in you. He walks with you and talks with you daily. Are we listening? It is God's living and abiding word that conveys God's life into our heart for our regeneration or rebirth. So we have to hear that living word in order to get uh, regenerated or to come into the kingdom to be born again. This seed grows preparing us for eternity once we receive it. When we share the gospel, the living word begins to work inside the hearers. God's life is conveyed into their hearts of man so that they can be changed and born again. That's why it's so important that we open up our mouths so that he can fill it when we are by someone that needs to hear a living, alive word that it will come from our mouths. That light of the truth dispels darkness within whereby they can see and are ready to receive new life in Christ. Maybe not again immediately, but at some time the word says that his word will not go forth void. It will accomplish. It will accomplish what it's said to accomplish. And and that's why we can continue to water it in prayer if we have been sharing with someone. So then they too can become born again. So what does this mean for us? If we're already uh, be, if we're already born again or a new creation by the living word, then the word will give us new life in every aspect. So wherever you may be um, concerned or uh, you have an issue that, that you may see a little darkness in it or you may see death even in it, Say you have an illness or, or a disease or something that's incurable, that's really a darkness. Um, but the living word can come into our hearts, into our minds, and can remove that uh, disease, darkness, or take it away as we meditate in the word and walk by faith. So the word becomes the believer's uh, the new believers, spiritual milk, and it is really the spiritual. It's really the uh, spiritual milk for all of us because I'll share with you in a minute about that. First Peter two, two and three says, as newborn babes long for the uh, guileless, guiltless, honest, or true milk of the word, in order that by it you may grow unto salvation, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. So as newborn babes, we need to hear the milk of the word in order that we may grow. And why? Because after babes are born, their immediate need is not to learn, but to be nourished or fed. Little babies, uh, when they're born, they want to eat, and they cry all the time when they're hungry. Because they need to be nourished, they need to be fed. They need milk to live and grow. they got to grow up. And we see that after a month or so, they have gained some weight because they have been nourished. They have been given food 
to live and grow. And as they begin to grow, then they begin to learn. As a, as a little child uh, begins to grow, when they're when they come about three, four months, sometimes their their uh, their little um, hands will will go up and and you know they'll do different things and and they'll start to say things with their mouth and and uh, so they're trying to learn how to uh, communicate and. Um, it's really neat how God has put this all in order. Spiritual life grows by being nourished. So we as uh, children of God need to be nourished too. We need to have spiritual food. We need to be fed the word so that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why our most important need is to come to the Lord daily for his food or for his word. We need to receive his spiritual milk. And just as a baby grows by eating, we'll grow in, in, in God's word and understanding. And through our Christian walk, we should hunger for the milk of the word. We should um, hunger for the milk of the word or to be nourished. We're talking about the milk of the word, but we should also be uh, hungering for the meat of the word, I should have said. We study the word daily to receive our spiritual nourishment, and we grow so that we can we, uh, mature into disciples of the Lord. So the word is the believer's bread of life also. And what is the bread of life? In Matthew 4, 4, it says, I am the bread of life. So who is Jesus or who is God? He is the word, as it says in John 1, 1. In John, Jesus uses the phrase, I am, in several declarations about himself. He is the I am. He is everything that we have need of. And he talks to us. He, he communicates to us in his word, uh, not only in his word, but in our spirit, in, 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 any, in many different ways uh, that he can get to us, you know, through visions, through dreams. He can talk to us through other people. Um, he can talk through us in his creation. So there are many ways that he can speak to us. But to communicate with him one-on-one, uh, -on -one, we, we need to read the word and know what the word says about who he is and uh, what he has for us. So he combines the I am with tremendous metaphors which expresses his saving relationship toward the world. Uh, when we start reading the, the, um, the parables, it, it, it's, it's so wonderful to stop and, and to see how he loved his disciples and how he tried to share with them uh, according to uh, the ways of the world and the things of the world so that they would understand what he was actually talking about. So what does it mean that Jesus is the bread of life? It means that the word is essential for life or for us to live. If we don't have the, the word, how are we going to live spiritually? Because the spiritual word energizes us, the spiritual word encourages us, it, it delivers us, it heals us, and so 
we need that word of life in order to not only live ourselves, but to give life to others. If we do not have the word of God in our heart and coming out of our mouth, we will not live in the blessings of the kingdom. Matthew 4, 4 says, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is an important scripture uh, to realize that if we have the life of God in us, if we have the word of life in us, then the word that comes out of our mouth should be a living word, not a death word or a dead word like many of them in the world are. The word of God is spiritual milk but also the bread of life that sustains us. So we've got to have both. We've got to have the milk of the word to nourish us, and we have to have the bread of life to sustain us. In other words, as we have three meals a day, that sustains us in order to be able to function in the earth. Well, we need the word of God to be able to sustain us so that we can walk in the kingdom of God. We cannot just live off of milk, but we need the bread to strengthen us spiritually and physically. We therefore enjoy God's word every day as our life-sustaining food. We need that food to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah 15:16, this becomes our experience. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me the gladness and the joy of my heart. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing how sometimes uh, you just pick up the word and you read just even uh, one verse, or not even the whole verse, just a portion of it, and how it will minister to you or how it will strengthen you for the day. And so we want to make sure that uh, we have that living word coming into us however you choose to have it in. I know I was having an issue uh, sleeping uh, a few months ago and um, I thought it was my bed so I decided to go into, uh, I sleep into a different bed and in the bed that I normally sleep in I have the word of God playing all night long. And I didn't move my um, my radio or my my uh, CD into the other room when I was sleeping in the other room, and it just wasn't the same. I would wake up at night, and I would be like wide awake, and so I couldn't go back to sleep. I'd have to get up. So then I decided I'm going to go back in my other bed so that I can hear the word, or else I'm going to have to move the word, you know, to my other room. So the minute I went back into my regular bedroom where I could hear the word of God all night long, I slept all the way through. If I woke up at all, it would be like it would just put me right back to sleep. And, And what a way to feed your spirit is to have that word playing all night. By eating the word and digesting it daily, we receive the knowledge, understanding, and revelation that will empower our faith so that we can become strong and mature in the execution of God's word. In other words, we need to be 
uh, mature so that we can speak the word of, of faith, that we can speak the word of truth to those that need to hear a word. Um, I always say every day, Father, I want to be your voice in the earth today. Wherever I go, wherever you take me, if you want to use me, I'm available. So the word makes believers complete. In first, in Second Timothy, it says all scripture is God breathes. I'm not going to finish reading that. Yeah, I guess I should because I'm going to go through. Um, I'm going to go through it and, and talk a little more about it. Okay, the scripture, all scripture is God breathed and profitable for teaching and for conviction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. Now, this is an awesome verse, but many of us just skim over and just hear that the scripture is God breathed. I did that for many years. It was like, okay, I understand the scriptures God breathed, and it's him that really wrote it and talking to us by using others. But those other words are so important, that word convict, correct, instruct, that we may be what? Complete and fully equipped. Now, first of all, the word convict as a verb means to show somebody or something that something is wrong in some respect. If we're not convicted, we never know that that we're doing anything wrong. We think everything is hunky-dory, and that's why the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within us to convict us when we do and say something that's not of the Father. And then you can then repent and change whatever the conviction was. We may think that we are right, but someone or something like the Word has to show us that we might not always have the right attitude or we're not always seeing things the way we should. And this is where the Word becomes a mirror to us as we read and hear and see that our thoughts, words, and deeds do not reflect our Lord. And if we're not convicted every day of something that we did that did not please the Lord, well, then you must not be hearing from the Holy Spirit because none of us are perfect. And there has to be something within the day that you didn't do exactly as Jesus would have done. Correction means setting right what is wrong, turning someone in the right way or restoring to a straightforward position. Uh, How many times do we need to be corrected when uh, we try to say something that shouldn't be said or that is of the flesh. Or uh, we have an attitude towards somebody and we, we try to judge them or say something about them that is not kind. And we need to be corrected because Jesus never did that. Jesus is our example in, in every way and we should ask ourselves when we do things, Would Jesus do this? How would he handle this? What would he say? And sometimes he didn't say anything. And that's okay. It's okay to not say anything. Correction is an adjustment to change so we can walk in the realm of the spirit. This doesn't come from mentally examining ourselves according to some outward standard. In other words, if we mentally examine ourselves, we would say, hey, well, I'm pretty good. You know, I don't do what so-and-so does, and, uh, you know, I'm, I try to be good, and so on and so on. It comes to us when we contact the God-breathed scripture with our spirit, 
As fleshy men and women, we tend to ignore and not see the fact that we need a Savior and that we are ourselves not perfect. Gee, isn't that sad we're not perfect? (laughs) We all have a lot in our minds and our actions that doesn't please God. These things are the Holy Spirit's priority to heal and deliver so that the Father can use us for his glory. Therefore, it is necessary that we become like Jesus in our thoughts, words, and deeds, depending upon the Holy Spirit to teach, lead, and guide us in his way. And that's in everything that happens throughout the day. Whether you're at work, uh, you're confronted by um, sometimes a demon, You know, there's demons and other people that can confront you. Uh, They can mess you up for that day by whatever they say or whatever they do. But we need to be uh, aware. We need to be listening. We need to be discerning. And we, we need to not react when we know that it isn't necessarily the person. It's the spirit within the person. The word then convicts us of our self-life. It shows us who we really are. So now what about instructions? Proverbs 13 says, Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. God's word is the key to life. In Psalms 32.8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. So, if we go anywhere, we need to be instructed and we need to be taught that this is the way to go. Walk ye in it. You know, don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Don't. Do what you want to do. Don't go where you want to go. Seek me first. Ask me if this is what you should do at this time. The word will instruct us on how to live by faith and release the power of God. Boy. Okay, then I go into uh, the first step to becoming wise is to look into wisdom. Uh, we know that uh, the scripture says, uh, in all you're getting, get understanding. But the beginning of wisdom is wisdom, and we all need to have that wisdom because wisdom will help us to uh, make the right decision or give us the answer to what we already know and understand. We're supposed to get understanding, discernment, comprehension, interpretation, uh, personal knowledge, understanding, and experience. And so getting wisdom is the wisest thing to do. And whatever else we do, develop good judgment. And so we have to have knowledge and understanding in order to get wisdom. And uh, it's it's so um, neat to see people who have education in some particular area where uh, when something comes up, it seems like they have the wisdom at the snap of their fingers as what to do because they take their, their knowledge and understanding and all of a sudden it's like they put it together and they have the wisdom as to uh, how to get the job done or how to answer this situation. So wisdom is the ability to make sensible decisions and judgments based on personal knowledge and understanding. 
Therefore, that's why we have to have the Word. The Word gives us the, the understanding and the knowledge of how to get the spiritual wisdom for all things. In Hebrews 4.12, it talks about the Word of God is uh, sharp and um, more powerful than any two-edged sword. We all know that's Scripture, and we need to realize that that's why the Word is so important. So to sum up why the Word is so important, I'm going to just go go through a few of these things again, and I know it's a repeat of what some of the things I started with, but we need to realize and understand why the Word is so important. The Word is God himself. The Word is the way, the life, and the truth. The Word is the sanctifying agent. The Word provides light and comfort. The Word is a weapon to be used to advance the kingdom of God. The Word is to fight off, used to fight off temptation and cast down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The Word helps us form an unbreakable bond with God known as the covenant. The word helps us understand his plan, his will, his purpose. The word provides comfort in times of hardship and a hope for the future. The word is an example in its teachings for a life rooted in love and respect for others. The word is personal and God wants to have an intimate relationship with his children. So the written word is the main avenue which God uses to reveal himself of all his ways and purposes of mankind. Like I said before, there are many other ways that he reveals himself, but he uses the word as, 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 as the main way or the main avenue. Therefore, the word is a road map for life in God's kingdom. The living word is absolute truth. It is essential to live in the spirit for all Christians. Now, I could keep going on and on and on and on what the word does and, and, and how it helps us. But you see the importance of the word and you see why the enemy fights us so much to keep us out of the word. He does not want us to know and understand and have wisdom to be able to walk in the spiritual realm. He doesn't want us to walk in the power and authority that God has given us. He doesn't want us to speak the word of God out of our mouths because he has no power and authority over it. He knows that what we speak that's of the word is going to create and bring to pass what we call it or declare it to do. And so this is why it's so important that we see that that, uh, it is God and we know it's God but it is life itself for all of us. So, Father, we just thank you for more understanding of the word, and we thank you, Lord, that as you begin to hammer this in us, really, even though we've heard it, we know it, but it needs to be hammered in us until we do it daily, until we um, purpose in our hearts and our lives to eat the word, to live it, to meditate on it day and night so that we can be strong enough to fight the enemy, that we can be strong enough to fight the, the, um, the, the flesh so that we can walk as your disciples in the realm of the Spirit. So, Father, we ask your blessings upon 
the word today that everyone received and that whatever they needed to receive, that they did receive it, that you're going to bring it to their remembrance at a time where they need to uh, know something or, or understand something. Because we thank you that it is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We give you praise and honor and glory for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen.